Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Teaching Tales. Hard, hard to believe that I'm going to say what I'm about to say. Episode 50. Didn't know if I was going to get to five because I didn't know if I was going to be able to have enough to talk about, but here we are. Episode 50 of Teaching Tales. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Brent Coley, an elementary principal in beautiful and currently extremely warm Southern California. We are in triple digits. And joining me today, a fellow elementary principal, the one, the only, Toby Price. Toby, how are you? Doing quite well, my friend. How are you? I am doing fabulous. Now, you are in Mississippi. Oh, my goodness. Yes, sir. We are in, uh, well, it's Rankin County, and it's uh, right near Jackson, Mississippi. And it's, um, it's not in triple digits today. But it just rained, and then it's 85 degrees, so you can just, like, walk outside and have it hit you in the face. The humidity is just so thick. Yeah. Yeah, As soon as I said that, I thought, okay, yeah, he may not have triple-digit temperatures, but he may have triple-digit humidity. It gets you. It's it's rough. But but we got brand-new AC in the building, so we're sitting pretty good right about now. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, Toby, as we said before before we started recording – I have been a big fan, followed you online in terms of Twitter, and, and I love what you share. For anyone who is not familiar with with Toby Price and what he does, who he is, give uh, give my five or six listeners a, a, a hint, a little background. Who is Toby? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a lucky guy who kind of fell into a whole bunch of things. I'm, I tell everybody, I'm a, I'm a dad. Um, I've got two kids with autism, I'm pretty, pretty severe. I've got one kid who doesn't have autism. She's a... Uh, She's 12 going on 40. Um, she's, she's pretty wild. Um, been married to my wife for 17 years this year. We're an anomaly because, you know, they say with uh, couples who have one child with a disability, 82% chance for divorce. We have two. So my wife and I say we'd have to get married, uh, get divorced, get married again, and then divorce one more time just to keep up with the stats. So we, we ain't doing that. That's not going to happen. Um, and and I, I'm, I taught in some really, you know, some pretty affluent schools in my district for the longest time because I thought if I'm going to do this, I might as well take it easy on myself. And I had wonderful experiences. They were great. And then um, I ended up getting to be a part of uh, Jim Barksdale's principal corps at Ole Miss, where you go through a year-long program to become an administrator. And it's free, which, thank God, because I don't have any money. Um, and uh, it, uh, you get to do like an internship. It's a working internship the entire time you're there. So I got to intern in some Title I schools here in my district. And once I ended up over here in Richland in Title I school, I, I could not – I, I just love it. Um, you know, they, they need you differently in Title One, and it's it's something that I I, <laughs> I used to have black hair. I used to have a lot more hair. It used to be black. Most of all of it's white right now. But I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I guess that's just me. I, I like I like some silly stuff. You know, I finally I, I, since I'm in charge now, I get to put all my toys all over my office, and nobody gets to say anything. So that's fun too. You know, so definitely just, definitely one of the perks. But yes, in, uh, being the principal. Yeah. Well. <clears throat> As I said, I think this is the first time we've ever spoken. But I, but in just in terms of reading what you have shared online, I think that we have a lot of similar interests. You had said okay. that uh, before we started recording that you'd never, I mean, you didn't get into education to become an administrator. No, 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 not at all. Um, it's something that kind of it kind of happened out of necessity. Um, you know, I was a at the time, you know, my wife, my wife couldn't work because we're taking care of these kids who have a lot of um, challenges, especially when they were younger. Oh, my gosh, we've come so far. But um, I remember my principal at the time saying, you know, you need a few more CEUs. And she says, I don't know what workshop to send you to because you, you know how to do all this. I'm not going to waste money on this. 
Well, the next day she came back with the Barksdale um, principal core. And before I knew it, I was in it. And, you know, I don't, I don't do it just for that reason. You know, we've been thinking a lot about that here at Richland Upper and, and me personally about um, Simon's next book, Start With Why. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, why, <laughs> why am I doing this? You know, I've been talking to a lot with my wife, especially this summer. like, you know, sweetheart, why do we put ourselves through all this? Because this summer um, we're going through some major renovations in the building thanks to a bond issue. Wonderful stuff. But I don't think I've left this summer at all. And, you know, figuring out the why has been very important to me. <laughs> and, and after a while, you know, I realized that my why has been kind of there the whole time. But, you know, and, and I guess I do, you know, I found once you find your why and figure out your purpose for doing it, even the hard stuff's not as bad anymore. I, I figured it out. It took me a little while. Um, and I'll just get, you know, we'll get right into it. It took me a while to figure it out because when I came to the school where I'm at now, um, my two oldest were going to school in a neighboring district where we live. They shall remain nameless. <laughs> but, and after a while, you know, it turned out that it wasn't, it wasn't the best experience or the right fit for them. And it took us a while to get to that point. Um, you know, we ended up bringing them home to homeschool them. Um, and then, um, the longer I spent here, the district here, we had some changes in our special ed department here in the district. And eventually they came to me and they said, you know, we want to start an autism centered, uh, self-contained class in your building. I said, that's great. Okay, sure. I was assistant principal. I'm <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And they said, well, um, we want you to bring McCade and that's my son. That's my dude. Uh, we want you to bring him to school with you. We want him to be a part of this class and just to try it out and see what you think. And at first I was like, I was apprehensive because. It's hard enough being an administrator who, and a special needs dad, but being an administrator in the same building where you have your special needs kid, I don't know if you're possible to sit on both sides of the table sometime. And I, but I went ahead and did it. it, and it was a great experience. I brought my son over, and um, you know he he excelled as soon as he got here. He's a little more high functioning than his sister. Um, and then the next year we brought Addison in, and Addison, if you you know see us or follow us online, Addison has every stereotypical redheaded behavior you could possibly have all those things and more. And she's high functioning, but she's still severe. She's like an enigma smothered in secret sauce uh, wrapped in a puzzle, man. She's tough. Um, but we brought her here and within two years, um, she went from, we were getting no work out of her and she had never written. She couldn't read as far as we knew. Um, she had trouble speaking within two years. She's writing. And writing beautifully. And she doesn't stop. Like, we have to buy a ream of paper every other day. I tell folks she's making up for the first 14 years when she couldn't write. She never stopped. And she reads to us, you know. She read. She read a book while she was here. And, and you know, as far as, like, getting back to my why, I had to think about it. Like, you know, what did they get while they were here, you know? Uh, they got a place where they could belong because they were welcome here. And I think everybody did it maybe out of fear because, you know, it's a principal's kids. But <laughs> every, they were they belonged. Um they could contribute to something here. My son started uh, Pancake Fridays here um, because he loved pancakes. And eventually they started cooking pancakes in their room and he started delivering them to every teacher in the building, you know, um, and, and most of all, they grew while they were here. Um, and, and, you know, we weren't getting that in the other places. So, you know, I had to try to figure out my own why that was it for the longest time. It was do it for them. Yeah. But then somebody said, <laughs> well, they're at the high school. All three of them are going to the high school now across the street. And I'm just like, what do I do? But they're at the high school now. So I said, oh, I said, does that mean I can quit? And my wife said, no. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Yeah, nice try. Nice try. No, no, no. So I had to figure out, you know, okay, well, if they're across the street, why am I still doing it? And then, you know, I sat down. I've been reading some Simon Sinek and really sit down and thinking, what did I get for them? You know, and I said it just a minute ago. They, could, they got the opportunity to grow. They got the opportunity to contribute. They got the opportunity to belong. And most of all, they were safe here. 
you know, I didn't have to worry about them because they're here because guess what? I'm right here. <laughs> and, and my wife said, you know what? Well, then you go back to work and you do that for everybody else's kids. Yeah. You do that for everybody else's kid and not just ev- all the easy kids. You do that for those kids. And, you know, and I say that because I call them those kids because Addison and McCabe, they were that kid sometimes, you know, that kid, the one who pulled the fire alarm at church one day, <laughs> um, you know, they were that kid. And, and so, you know, make sure every kid, especially those kids have the opportunity to belong and contribute and grow and just a, just a place to feel safe at and make sure their parents feel safe with that. So, you know, we, we've been trying to just hammer out why, why do we do this? And I think if we figure that out, it makes it a lot easier to get to work every morning, even on the bad days, um, yeah. even on the rough days, you know, so. We're, we're still hammering it out, but we're going to get there. Well, get there. I, I, lo- I love that because I think so much, so many times we focus on the how. We go mm-hmm. to the workshops we, that, that show us the new instructional strategy, the new piece of technology, the new fill in the blank, mm-hmm. do something. But too often we gloss over the why. I mean, I know on our on my site the last couple of years, we've been reflecting on our homework practices mm. because the research that's out there, oh, yeah. there isn't really, <laughs> there's exactly. a lot of, none of it supporting homework at the elementary yeah. level. But the question we, we started with that. Why I didn't just stand up in front of the staff and say, stop giving homework <laughs> mm-hmm. ask them the question. Why are you doing what you're doing? Mm. And, and then a couple seconds, like, why are you doing what you're doing? Like, why are you giving the assignments that you're giving? If the answer is because it's what we've always done. Not the best answer. Not <laughs> the best answer. If you can't answer the question, I don't know. Not a good, not a good no. answer. And then the second question was like, what are you doing with it once you get it? Um, and this isn't a homework discussion, but but it all starts with that question, why? And if teachers are able to reflect, because I stood up in front of the room and said, guys, I gave bad homework. I, I why? Because nobody ever asked me these questions. Nobody ever yeah. asked me to. Nobody ever asked me why. Why are you doing that, Brent? Be, well, because because that's just what you're supposed to do as a teacher, yeah. and that's what my teacher did to me. So exactly, we, <laughs> exactly. we model what what was what was modeled. We do what was modeled to us. Um, but going back to that, going back to that, why? I, I, I was so powerful listening to you say that. Your kids, your kids were like we're, we want to. We want to make them feel safe. I loved how you said that. That really, I, I jotted a note down. That resonated with me, because it isn't that where we have to start as a site, as a mm-hmm. administrator. Mm-hmm. That number one for you. I mean, it's like I tell folks, and I'm, I'm going to say to my teachers on our first day. You know, the first day of school, we got to get them here safely. We got to feed them lunch. We got to get them home safely. Everything else is just gravy. It's extra. Because if we don't get them here safe and keep them safe while they're here, you know, we got a whole mess of problems. <laughs> and if, if they don't feel comfortable, if mm-hmm. they don't feel safe, you can have the greatest teacher of the universe in the front of the room. It doesn't matter if they don't feel safe, if they're, if their stomach's not full, if they're worried about all the other stuff. Um, well, and, and see, we, we, when I, when I was going through principal board, they talk a lot about finding a vision and you got to have a vision, you got to have a mission. And, you know, and, I, and that took me, it took me the better part of six years to come up with what I thought was our, our mission. And it, it's a good slogan and it's a good idea. It's more of our, our how or our what than our why. You know, we always say we want to be where kids want to be and where teachers want to teach. And that helps guide us. Yeah. But we know, why do we want to do that? And it goes back to what we talked about before. 
is, and I think too often here, especially here, I know this, so the last two years that I've been the administrator here, we've been really focused on the what and the how. Like, how are we going to do this and what happened? And we've grown. We've made huge growth in the last two years here. But I think if we can hammer in why we're doing what we're doing, the other stuff will still happen. You know, the how and the what aren't going to change. But I think we can just light a fire underneath the why and just supercharge the how and the what. That's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> Is a supercharge, you know, what we're doing um, if we could focus on why we're doing it. I, yeah, it's kind of like state testing. No matter what state you're in, I mean, everyone has state testing. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. the age-old argument like well do we test prep or it's like if you teach if, if you teach well if you teach students to critically think and, and it's gonna the test scores are gonna take care of themselves yep. and if you build those relationships and make those kids want to be there with you and want to do well for you they gotta want to do well for you is what i tell them because a lot of times in elementary they don't have any other stake in it you know if they don't want to do well for you they're not going to do it yeah yeah but they'll run through a brick wall for you oh, if, yeah. they, if they know you care for them Oh yeah, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, and that's what. And you know, the the lady who um taught my son and my daughter while they were here for the longest time. I tell folks this too. This is what's more important than anything else. Is she was a fifth grade teacher who had a sped endorsement. She didn't know jack about autism. Mm-hmm. She didn't, other than the fact that she had watched them at our house a couple times, and she didn't know anything about any ABA therapy. But I tell folks all the time, it's one thing she had, and nobody else had. She knew the kid, and she knew the kids, and she wanted to have a relationship with them, and she had a positive relationship with them. And because of that. Man, they made huge growth, and I, we have to just mirror that throughout the building. The kids, you got to build that relationship with that kid. They got to know they got somebody that cares about them. And I promise you, if that happens, the attendance will be there, and the learning and the growth will be there too. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, it's funny. I just a, a couple of days ago, I reached out to um, a couple of my former fourth and fifth grade students who are now college graduates. Which, not that I needed a reminder to feel old, but this did it. And I asked them, I asked them, I'm doing some writing on the subject of what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Basically, what do kids remember from that? I mean, is it how to divide fractions? Is it the difference between a simile and a metaphor? What do they, and I, and I reached out to my PLN and I reached out to a, some former students and said, think about your favorite teachers growing up. What do you remember? Mm-hmm. Not a single response was lesson specific not a single one it was responses like she smiled at me i mean literally one it was just she smiled at me mm-hmm. that's a student who that's who is now in her is a grown adult who 30 40 years later that's what she remembers my teacher smiled at me that's i mean that there's your why right there exactly and, and it, it, that it, teacher it. got it Exactly. And it, and you have to, you've got to know your why so you can make those connections. Because yes, I love having my toys all up in my office, but you know, another reason why I have toys all up in my office, because they see that and they say, Oh, well, you like Star Wars? Yeah. Well, my dad loves Star Wars too. Or my uncle, everybody's got somebody that loves it. Or, oh, oh Iron Man's my favorite. You can start a connection. You start a conversation with them and it just, it just shows them that, Hey, you know what? Maybe they're a little bit like me. If they can relate to you more, they think you can relate to them. And that's a way to start. Plus, I get to play with my toys in my office. But that's not the point. You know, that's not the point. It's a connection. It helps build a connection with their, with the kids that come in, no matter who it is. Yeah, absolutely. One of the videos that I'm going to show when our teachers come back, and I don't know if you've seen this. Have you heard of Michael Jr.? Yes. And, and, and it start with a Y in his yeah. videos. Oh, he's great. And I say that. I say that be like I did because 
um, our superintendent, who who I just love because every time she meets with us, she actually does try to teach us something. She used some of his videos, and then she told us on day one, she says, well, we're going to a convocation on the second, but day one, the teachers will be with us. She says, you're not allowed to show his videos because I'm showing them on the second. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> he's so good, though. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, well, for yeah, for anyone listening who's, who is not familiar with him, but it sounds like you've seen, I mean, his he, he he's a comedian, first of mm-hmm. all, who's not familiar. And look him up on YouTube. Uh, guys and gals, because he's funny and he's uh-huh. clean. he is. I mean, he's clean and he's funny, but he talks about and one thing he's talking with a guy in the audience and he asks him, "Hey, what do you do?" Guy says, "I'm a music teacher." He says, yeah. "Oh, well, show me something. Give me a little little Amazing Grace." So the guy sings Amazing Grace, and Michael Jr. says, "Okay, now I want you to sing it like your uncle's in prison." You, I mean, and, and all the, the you are yeah. down in the dumps type thing. Sing it again, and dude, just Kill it out. Yes, it's just. I mean, like he's getting like a standing ovation from the crowd. And you can watch the people in the crowd while he's singing it the second time, and they're just like, "Oh my gosh!" They're just blown away when they see like he knows why he's singing it now. And that's Michael's. That's Michael's point. Was like before I I told him he knew what to sing. Mm-hmm. Then he knew why he was singing it. And if we as teachers, administrators, cafeteria workers, playground aides, crossing guards, if we if we keep that why, why are we here? It's not to make a paycheck. It's 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 for your it's for the kids. And I love how you said like you had your actual biological kids with you exactly across the street, but you can still take that same that same mindset. These are these are my kids. And, and that's the thing is you have I think you have to, because yeah. if you don't have a solid why, like why you're doing this, you'll come to work every day and you'll run your building and you'll work hard. But eventually your building is going to run you and it's going to run you down. Because yeah. if you don't have a strong sense of why you're doing it, uh, eventually you won't do it anymore. You'll, you'll burn out. I mean, I think it's this. I'm getting ready to start year six as a mm. site principal. It is a hard job. Oh, it, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. really it is one of the most rewarding jobs I've ever had, but doggone it. it there are days where I'm so glad that we're having this talk when we're having this talk because it's kind of, I, I was I was already kind of leaning in this direction, but this is just like laser focusing me for getting this year started on the right foot, not just for my teachers, but for me. For, for me, exactly. I needed this today because I was like, we've been trying to plan this for a while. And I was like, I got a plan. I got a plan. I said, you know what? We're not going to plan it. I'm just going to say, let's do it. I'm going to close the door. We're going to make this happen because I needed it. I needed it. Yes. I needed well, that yeah. push. This is, this has been fantastic. I, I totally, and I, and I'm, and I, I, I I'm going to speak for, I know that people are getting something out of this too. And again, whether I always try to pull like, well, what's a nugget? Well, whether if you're a, if you're a classroom teacher and you're getting ready and you list, cause we're recording this at the end of July. So mm-hmm. most of you in the country that you're getting ready, you're, you're heading back to school. You're getting back into your classroom as you're getting everything ready, as you're getting your curriculum, remember those aren't just names on a roster. You got 30, 30, those are not names on a roster. I love, I don't remember where I heard it, but that student is somebody's, every one of your students is somebody's whole world. Exactly. And exactly. That, I mean, when we think of it that, that, that Billy, Johnny, Susie, that is somebody's world. Mm-hmm. And, and I look at ours like that's Addison. That's McCade. 
That's Marley. And I'm going to show them some other pictures of other kids. Guess what? That's Addison, too. That's also McCade, and that's also Marley, because that's what's going to keep me going to make sure they're getting what they need while they're here. Yeah. Amen. If I had a mic, I would drop. I would. I would pass it to the- <laughs> ask you to drop it. That's awesome, Toby. No worries, man. Well, thank you. So, well, Toby, I'm working on it. I think you said your teachers are coming back tomorrow. 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 Yes. Dude, yes. I- we got goodie bags ready. We got um. We've got most of the building ready. Um, <laughs> awesome. So, well, we're, we're, I, we're getting there. I wish I wish you the best. I know you're going to rock it. I look forward to following. Uh, following you following your journey uh on twitter and and i you thank you how, how can uh how can anyone who is not yet connected with you where can they find you online uh you know one of the easiest ways to find me of course is on twitter but i tell folks um about.me uh jedi pad master it's got my little twitter handle on it or if you just google toby price and autism it most of the time it comes up um if you just google toby price there's a He's an Australian dirt bike champion. That's also not me, but you can follow me because you love him anyways, too. That's fine. That's how I got a lot of followers on Instagram. They thought I was the biker guy. <laughs> no, I passed. But, um, but about not me, Jedi Padmaster um, is an easy way to find me. And, of course, on Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm all over the place on Twitter sometimes. It's my favorite. Um, but, you know, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. And I, I just love the fact that I got to talk to you today, man. I, I love your work. I love following you on Twitter as well. So it's good just to just talk to you and hang out with you today. Awesome, Toby. Well, uh, that feeling is mutual. Thank you so much, and I hope one day we'll uh, we'll run into each other face to face at a conference. That would be exactly that would be fantastic. So, uh, knock them dead tomorrow. Uh, I know you're that. thank great. you, and uh, for everyone listening, thank you. I know it's been a while. We took a little summer break, but we're back. Episode fifty. Thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe, and you don't have to check. We're in iTunes, Google Play. Even on Spotify now, you can also listen, uh, stream it on my website at brentcoley.com. Once again, until next time, Toby, have a great day tomorrow with your staff. Everyone, have a great day. And until next time, have a good one.